Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Become a diehard. Go phnx.com. Pick up a free hat and or shirt every single year. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Breaking news today. The Arizona Cardinals lose their longtime left tackle, DJ Humphreys, to a pretty big catastrophic injury, a torn ACL for the 10-plus year NFL veteran, and Bo, you were there, had a chance to connect with Jonathan Gannon. While we assume the worst, we hope for the best, this is a, a pretty significant blow for a Cardinal that may have played his last snap in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, that remains to be seen, but as far as DJ Humphreys and the injury and obviously the respect that he has earned from his teammates and his new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, you know, Gannon was the first one to say he's going to be back and better than ever as DJ Humphreys just turned 30 years old. And we've talked about it a little bit, even before the performance this season, where I think that DJ Humphreys, you can call it uneven as far as, you know, is he like a franchise left tackle? He's a Pro Bowl caliber. Nobody's steady, right? And, you know, with the big cap number going to continue, even actually rise this offseason going into 2024, Cardinals have a big decision looming as far as DJ Humphreys goes. Yeah, I don't want to jump to any conclusions. Apologies if I did. The Cardinals have made no statement as it relates to like the future of Humphreys on this team. As you said, Bo, you know, Gannon very much like doubling down on he's going to be back and better than ever. While he didn't classify if he'd be back for the Cardinals, uh, Austin Ford, that's a decision he's going to have to make. And, you know, I took some flack on Twitter the other day. I thought Humphreys was having a terrific year where he started to where he finished. He missed most of uh, the offseason came back for training camp, you know, wasn't available for OTAs, had a bad back. And there's no way I thought this guy, was, you were going to get 13, 14 games. And, and he ended up playing 15 games, 16 games. And really impressive stuff from the veteran who who was really outside of Kyler Murray, the last impactful first round pick of this franchise under Steve Kime. Back in 2015, of course, knee deep, dubbed that nickname by Bruce Arians. And now it, it does give you a little bit of uncertainty. The Cardinals... We're going to have to find an heir apparent at, at tackle anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we had talked about should you keep DJ Humphreys on his insurance through the draft? Because you could have, before this injury, done a post-June 1st cut and then, okay, waited for the draft to take place. Maybe you move him. Maybe you cut him. But if you don't end up with a top tackle prospect, he's your left tackle next year. 
that is not an option now. I mean, he he tears his ACL later than Kyler Murray did. He's significantly older. He's uh, an offensive tackle, so you already carry carry around an excess of weight. I like I maybe I'm being naive. I don't think he plays next year, and so you you consider that as a possibility. It's like from a financial standpoint, I want the Cardinals to do right by DJ Humphreys, but at the same time. If you're talking about, you know, designating him to return from injury in December next year, I don't know who that really helps at that point. I mean, I think you saw a guy around the same age. Now, Zach Ertz was a little bit older than DJ Humphreys, but probably playing a little bit more demanding as far as the wear and tear and the athleticism that you have to put on display. But let's not discount tackle position. It's it's so key that you be at 100 percent. And like, I agree with you, like I think DJ Humphreys and what he his performance this year has been solid. He gave up four sacks, you know, a couple penalties here and there, kind of middle of the road, right? But, you know, I, I think that w- what would you expect out of DJ Humphreys? He's not, he's been a pro bowler before, but he's never been in the conversation as far as like top tackles in the league. Like he's been steady and that's yeah. what he was this season. And that's what you needed from him, especially with Kyler Murray coming back from what he suffered, you know, uh, uh, like a year and some change ago. Yeah. I mean, now you, now you've got DJ Humphreys, who at the age of 30 entering year 10, this isn't Kyler Murray entering year five at, you know, he didn't tear it when he's 25, he's five years older. And as you, as you stated, like he's got a lot more weight to carry around. Like this could, this spells probably the, the end of DJ Humphreys every Sunday left tackle for you. And man, how, how good is that Calvin Beecham signing? Look now Calvin Beecham, who you thought Monty Austin Fort was just throwing a token to your contract. Now Kevin Beecham becomes a necessity as far as this roster goes, as far as his offensive line goes, just as far as depth. I mean, I know you like what you've seen from Paris Johnson Jr. at right tackle, but Kevin Beecham being able to step in there and, and be a, a decent tackle and now going forward like your placeholder until you find out what the future of that position looks like. Yeah, absolutely. He served that role last offseason until you got Paris Johnson Jr. And I thought DJ Humphreys was going to be the Kelvin Beach of this offseason. The Cardinals had a surplus of, of talent at tackle this year, and they didn't have to use it until the end of the year. And it, it served them well. And now they have this offseason to tackle the position yet again. But like to you and I, like I think, you know, I don't want to project, you know, past next year, but it, it felt like if Humphreys was going to come back, the next year is the last year on his contract. I think they were going to take this year to year at best. And, you yeah. know, Hump struggled out of the gate. Those four sacks, so it feels like that was early in the season. I mean, he you put the tape on against Philadelphia. He is mauling people. So I, yeah. before we talk about, you know, taking money away from this guy, and I've got an excerpt from Kyle Odegaard's article here in a second that I want to get to really well done. I encourage everybody to check it out. Humphreys was everything the Cardinals needed him to be this year. And, and, mm-hmm. He has not been able to stay healthy for, for a lot of his career, and I, I, I feared the worst this offseason. He proved me wrong, so uh, cheers to DJ Humphreys. It's, it's very unfortunate that this happened. Thankfully, he's made a lot of money in his career. I don't think this spells the end of his NFL career, but to your point, I think the Cardinals now are going to have their hand forced because of the timing of this injury. If this happens in September, October, maybe something can be done, but yeah. you tear your deal at the end of December – this is probably what's going to happen. This is from Kyle Odegaard at compare.bet, friend of the program, put out this piece because a lot of us were thinking like, he's due a bunch of money. Like what goes on now? Um, so this is from Odegaard. Odegaard asked our guy, Brad Spielberger of PFF and over the cap about 
the potential factors. And while Humphrey's contract does not have any injury guarantees, Spielberger said it would almost certainly qualify for the injury protection benefit. That would pay Humphreys $2 million and an additional uh, 1.23 against the 2024 cap. So in total, this is the important part, releasing Humphreys is expected to cost the Cardinals about $15 million in dead money, and the result is going to get them just under $8 million in cap savings if he's not designated, which he won't be as a June 1st cut. That's going to give the Cardinals uh, upwards of $70 million. They've got $53 million in available cap space. They're going to roll over about 10 So all that to say, you're going to have some dead money this year, assuming that this is how they progress. They haven't you know, showed their hand yet. You would assume this is what they're going to do. Um, hopefully they can give DJ a nice parting gift, give him some guaranteed money out the door. But it looks like they have an option to save about 7 to $8 million, Bo, um, to be able to utilize that on other positions. And goodness, you, you read this and you and you think to yourself, okay, like Calvin Beecham, OTAs, you know, before the draft, he's he's your left tackle until further notice. Yeah, and that's fine, right? And but like I see that this organization is going to have a better plan than that, right? I mean, it's a good right. placeholder, right? It's not uh, holy crap, what are we going to do? Uh, let's just kind of get some popsicle sticks and maybe some Elmer's glue and figure we out the left tackle position. We know what they're going to do. We feel like we know what they're going to do. Right. I already saw a, a decent recommendation in the chat, right? I mean, if they don't go with one of the top tier tackles, our guy Baldy, who's expected to join us later in the show, has already said this is a this is a deep tackle class. And Jordan Morgan, of course, U of A, played nearby Tucson. He'd be a great second-round option. Uh, there was great tackles all throughout the Big Twelve, uh, Pac-12, and the uh, the Big Ten this year. And Notre Dame, like you're going to be able to find a tackle of the future, whether it's right tackle or maybe you pop Paris Johnson over left tackle. You got options, and I think that you're staring that option down anyway. But this kind right. of expedites it, doesn't it? I mean, yes. This this really like it becomes it's right up there with wide receivers, right up there with defensive line that you no longer have a luxury uh, that, that DJ Humphreys and Calvin Beecham, you know, collectively created you. Um, you, you were already looking with your eye towards the future at the position. This now just makes it uh, a little bit more serious, right? It, it just kind of, uh, maybe it sounds the alarm, but a little bit more quietly than, than normal. Uh, this good thing. Jonathan Gannon is a team guy. He's a team player. Cause I feel like the conversation in about a week's time, you put your own Nick, you, if you're awesome for it, you put your arms around Nick Rollins and John and Gannon and they say, and you tell them, Hey guys, we're going to just need you to sit tight one more year in the first round as it relates to a defensive player, because I look at the strength of this draft and I know it can go, you know, 50 prospects deep. It feels like right now, in my opinion, you go some combination of wide receiver tackle or tackle wide receiver. And then you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts on day two. Let's go pass rushers. Let's go defensive linemen. Go get your next Garrett Williams, B. Joe Gilari. Hell, spend the majority of your money in free agency on the front seven. Do what you got to do. But it just feels like, doesn't it, like Marvin Harrison Jr., he's there, they take him. That's an easy decision. If he's not there, you and I both know the next two best prospects in this draft happen to play offensive tackle. They're blue chippers. They're top five draft picks in every other draft. That's, a, that's an easy plug and play. And then we see the upteen wide receivers that are going to be available in the back half of the first round. It like we're getting clarity in January, which is something that is rare, but like 
I'm sorry, I saw somebody earlier today. I was like, it's it's easy. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. or it's one of the two tackles. And somebody threw Jared Verse at me. And I'm just like, there there is no defender. And I love Jerzon Newton and Kool-Aid and some of these other guys. The kid from Penn State, the kid from UCLA. Nobody is on the level of those three offensive prospects. And I, I know your defense needs more help, but you can't. You, you really just can't draft for need. And by the way, tackle and receiver are already needs. You have to lean into the strength of this draft, and it's it's tackle and it's receiver early. Yeah. Uh, let me say this, though. Um, okay. I think, and I'm, and I hate, you're probably going to hate this, like the Mar- you know, you're all in on Marvin Harrison Jr. And I absolutely get that, right? You know, I know people throw around generational far too often, but I, I yeah. do believe that Marvin Harrison Jr., as far as next generation of receiver, that's him. Right. And, and it's yes. easy to identify the, the size, right. Uh, the pedigree and then the work ethic that, uh, you know, Paris Johnson Jr. Echoed like that. We've heard about Paris Johnson Jr. He, he, uh, he slammed that home. Like this guy outworks everybody in, in mm-hmm. a prestigious program at Ohio state in Columbus. Um, but I think like Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think that the Arizona Cardinals only path to rebuilding the position is Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that there's plenty of prospects. I think that you could obviously uh, identify some help on the free agent market. I think that the same can go be said for the tackle position. I think the Arizona Cardinals, like there's more paths than Olu Fashionu and Joe Alt. Like they certainly help. They're the top prospects at that spot. And you just have to figure out which one you like the best and which one is the best. Who's the consensus top tackle. But I don't think like that's the only option. Like we already mentioned Morgan. Somebody already mentioned, you know, the tackle from Yale, who's going to probably be a day two or day three pick. Uh, like this is a deep tackle class. And you, like you just have to trust your scouting and, and figure out, you know, who is going to be worth it to use your top picks on. And then where do you kind of fill in the gaps the rest of the way? Because you're going to have opportunities to do so, even if you miss out on these top guys. But the good news is, you know, regardless of what happens on Sunday against the Seahawks, and Jonathan Gannon told me today, like they fully anticipate playing their starters and playing to win that football game. Um, you could drop, you know, is maybe even out of the top five potentially. I know we're going to talk about that, but there's 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 multiple paths to rebuilding both the tackle position, the wide receiver position outside of the top prospects. Yeah, I, listen, I'm with you. And again, this this franchise deserves that. I should say this this scouting department deserves the benefit of the doubt after what they did last year. But and, and who knows? Guys are going to blow up the combine. Guys are going to rise and fall. Again, we mentioned it yesterday. Paris Johnson Jr. once upon a time was not thought of as a top five to seven player. And then he elevated to one over the course of the offseason. I, I think very much the plan is Marvin Harrison Jr. If he's available, if he's not, could you could you trade back a couple spots, recoup a couple picks? If somebody wants to come up for a Michael Penix Jr., a Jaden Daniels, and then you could still get a premium tackle prospect. Or if you want to entertain Roma Dunsey or somebody like that, Malik Napers. We know this definitively, Bo. They cannot drop b- below seven. They can't. Mm-hmm. That's the lowest they're going to be drafting. The highest they're going to be drafting is second overall. I think if the Cardinals win this weekend, they're going to be picking right around sixth overall. So if they're comfortable doing that, sounds like they are. They're going to they're going to attempt to go four and four with Kyler Murray in the lineup. We're going to talk about K one here in a second. Richard four ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much, my guy. By the way, everybody hit the like on this video. Every like helps us uh, move the videos here on the YouTube. Watch Baldy's breakdown of the Eagles. It was not nice. Uh, curious what he says about us. That's why we love Baldy, Bo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is dialed in more than anything in that uh, that Philadelphia Eagles team, and he was there in person on Sunday. He does a great job breaking it down on the All-City NFL podcast show. 
a part of the All City Network, which is our our parent company. And you know, Baldy has been a part of that organization, and, and he, I think that he's got a lot of love for that organization. And he was very uh, blunt as far as Jordan Davis, former first round pick out of Georgia, and you know the the lack of shape he's in, and maybe he's a little bit overweight, and just how you know it was it was a failure. It was it was it was a failure as far as their performance on Sunday against the undermanned Cardinals team. But I think you're also going to hear Baldy come on and be very complimentary of what he saw from the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday as well. It is as egregious as the performance was for Philly. Uh, the other side of it, you know, for having Jonathan Gannon and having his team prepared and how the team fought for their head coach, uh, I think he's going to be very impressed by that. Yeah, I agree. And I listen, the Baldy doesn't have an agenda. There's nothing to hide. Everything's authentic. And Philadelphia, I mean, he's that's where he lives. And he's and he's very familiar with that franchise and he'll call a spade a spade. And I mean, everything he said i mean if you watch the game you're able to echo that based on the performances of the two teams so uh excited to chat with baldy but you had a chance to chat with both jonathan gannon and kyler murray today yeah. Bo. so as we shift gears from the left tackle to the franchise quarterback feels like significant momentum over the last 24 to 48 hours although we believed it to be true based on gannon's prior comments that uh, Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. He's the franchise quarterback for this team heading into the offseason. They're going to continue to build around him. As you mentioned, they're going to try to win this game on Sunday with him. I mean, just like talk to me about like the vibes around this organization, press conferences, the players themselves, because it, it's a stark contrast, let's just say, from what was going on this time last year. Yeah. I mean, I think it's evolved from, you know, these guys really like working with each other, Johnny, to, let me tell you about my best friend. Cause that's what you get from Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray. I mean, it's just, it's a bromance. It's, it's not a budding bromance. It's one that began and Kyler outlined this in the video that we all got to be fly on the wall for when Jonathan yeah. Gannon was, uh, had his interview was given the job and he's about to leave and go back to Philly and bring back his family for the introductory press conference. And he finds out that Kyler's working out rehabbing his knee and that's where they first meet each other. And, and you know, uh, ever since then, like uh, Kyler said, it, it kind of is like the moment when you when you meet your best friend, right? Where you just are right in the very beginning, uh, you know, wanting to do karate in the garage, right? I mean, you you want to you want to build bunk beds to, so you yeah. have so much more room for activities. Can I make any more stepbrother references? You on made the one show? yesterday. You're on a stepbrother <laughs> right now. <laughs> but look, I mean. Jonathan Gannon, this is, I, I think we have the, uh, at least a video from Jonathan Gannon. He was asked about, you know, him confirming yesterday on local sports talk radio uh, on, on Arizona sports, but you know, Jonathan Gannon, this is what he had to say as far as why he felt like it was necessary to go out there and, and speak like he did about his franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if what I said, what I said, I mean, there's, I've been convicted since I got here. Um, what the guy's done for us, um, the player that he is, the person that he is, the competitor that he is. Um, you know, I kind of chuckled. That, that's that's been my view for since I got here. And, and Kyler said that he was he knew from day one too. Jonathan Gannon had told him from day one he's his guy moving forward, and there it was it's been unwavering ever since then. But uh, we'll get more into that conversation, Johnny. But now we're uh, so. Excited to be joined by a man who was at the game on Sunday, chopping it up with Will Hernandez, Paris Johnson, and more of the Arizona Cardinals. So gracious to join us here live from the airport there. 
Brian Baldanger, of course, of All City NFL. Brian, how's it going, man? Bo, Johnny, Happy New Year. It's doing good, man. Sorry I have to do this from the airport, but that's uh, that's just the way it is right now. Yeah, man, man on the ground. Uh, and you were at the game over the weekend and uh, unexpected yet welcomed for the Arizona Cardinals and their fan base to see that kind of performance. I think if you would have taken Baldy, a pull of this fan base, the one game they, they would love to see this team win is, is at Philadelphia because of what Jonathan Gannon has had to go through. Talk to me a little bit about that environment over the weekend. Philadelphia fans coming after JG and for for Gannon and his team to respond in that fashion, I mean, it was completely unexpected. Well, they got tested in a lot of ways. I mean, they were down 21 to three, you know, and they were moving the ball and they controlled it, but they were, you know, they threw a pick six, uh, you know, 99 yard miscommunication between, you know, Kyler and Michael Johnson. But I mean, down 21 to three, there was no quit in that team. And then, you know, I mean, I think I checked with Mark Dalton at the end of the game, but it's only the second time in 60 years that the Cardinals ever went a football game without punting. I think we lost his audio. Yeah, I think we lost it. We got our, our guy Baldy here, but we, we don't have his audio here. Hopefully we get him back on here. I mean, they didn't know what to expect. But I think they were pretty pleasantly pleased to, to see the outcome in the way that they competed. Yeah, you talked about them going down big. And of course, obviously, they had the red zone woes. But as you guys pointed out on your show, that they had no problem moving the football. But what did you see in the second half from this offense to where they really settled in and they were able to cash in on each and every one of their four possessions in the second half offensively? Yeah, I'm not sure we're I'm getting anything on my end, Bo. No, it's unfortunate. Probably saying something really interesting though, Johnny. I'll tell you that. Uh we might have to unfortunately uh cut cut here with, with Baldy. Try to bring him back on a different time. Still going, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to connect with with Bali. Really wanted to kind of get his insight there, but unfortunately, the connection there at the uh, at the airport um, not going to get it done here. But uh, we will reconvene with, with Bali. Want to try it? Maybe just set up another day. Maybe reconnect next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think listen, he's he's everywhere, uh, and he's on you know. Boots on the ground, being able to, to go to that game this weekend. So we're flexible, too. I'll tell you who else is flexible. Our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM, $1,500 first bet offer. Sign up with bonus code PHNX. So many good college bowl games still on the horizon. Of course, the national championship game. A little dicey betting this weekend on the NFL action. How many teams are playing for what? But take advantage right now with our friends at BetMGM. Download the app today. Deposit at least $10 in your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If the bet does lose your bonus bets, well, they're going to be available once your initial wage has been settled. Uh, again, BetMGM props out the yin-yang. And again, if you're not dabbling right now with our friends at BetMGM, what are you waiting for? $10 is going to get you at least $10, up to $1,500 back if your bet loses. Sign up with 
the show notes for more details. Now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, let's try one more time with Baldy. He was kind enough to hang out with us. Baldy, do you have us? Oh, he can't hear us. We can't hear you. It's Philadelphia. They're interfering with us. They don't want the truth <laughs> to be told about what happened over the weekend, and they have cut Baldy's audio, I'm convinced. Yeah, bummer, uh, but we will We will have Brian Baldinger back on this program to give us the full breakdown of what he witnessed, what we all witnessed. That was Jonathan Gannon getting it. Are we going to try one more time? We'll do it one more time. Here he is. Ryan Baldinger was putting back up on the screen here. Baldy, what's going on? All right. sounds like we got you back here from uh, Philadelphia International Airport. So uh, your your audio cut out when you were breaking down, you know, what the the Arizona Cardinals offense was able to do to kind of fix their red zone woes in the second half to have a perfect offensive second half. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the touchdown to James Conner, uh, to Carter, I mean, they were just good execution. I mean, it's a great catch by James Conner, uh, you know, from the five-yard line. They were able to punch it in and run it inside the red zone. So uh, anytime you can run it, you'd much rather run it than have to throw it. And so they took care of that. So, um, you know, they were able to finish these drives, but mainly mainly because uh, the guys up front, you know, played really, really well. Um, So as long as they play like that, um, I don't know. I mean, there's, they, they could win a lot of games. I mean, I don't know we're at the end right here, but I just thought I knew the offense line had been playing good. I, I, I told that to Monty on, on the sidelines pregame uh, before we announced the game, but I, I thought that they were playing well. I saw it in Pittsburgh. I saw it in games. I just, they put it all together though, up front. And really uh, it was impressive because the Eagles were coming at them with a lot of young players and they, they handled Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Nolan, you know, Nolan Smith and the guys that they were throwing at him. Yeah, the offensive line led the way for Kyler Murray, I think, to have a big second half. Baldy, talk to us about the difference in, in two halves from the Arizona Cardinal franchise quarterback because, you know, we were critical after the, you know, the pick six communicate miscommunication with Michael Wilson. For Kyler Murray to come out and play as well as he did in the second half in a hostile environment, backing up his head coach, the, the significance of that cannot be understated. Am I right? No, no. I mean, that, that's a devastating throw to Sidney Brown. And I don't know, I don't pretend to understand what Michael Johnson was supposed to do versus what Kyler saw. But you don't see many errors that egregious. But you didn't see any confrontation on the sideline. I don't know what was said between, uh, you know, between Jonathan and Kyler and, and Drew and, and Michael. It didn't look like there was any sort of big confrontation. But the best thing you could do is put that behind you and just go out there and, and get to the next drive. That's, you know, in some ways, Kyler's baseball background kind of helps him like that. That's what baseball yeah. players got to do. You got to put that at bat behind you. Go get your hit on the next bat bat or the next one. I, I felt like Kyler put that completely behind him. There's to be some quarterbacks that would not have been able to be that easy about it and let it go like that without a confrontation. He just put it behind him and they just went out and said, okay, let's, let's go make up for it in the next drive. And they did. 
Saw firsthand there, Kyler Murray's performance, the three touchdowns in the second half, 13 for 14, 133, uh, really had command. He was dealing on the the go-ahead, the game-winning drive, had a big couple big plays to Greg Dorch. But, you know, is should the Cardinals fans, you know, Jonathan Gannon was asked a couple times about his future this week and confirmed that Kyler's the guy going forward. Cardinals fans, you, you got to imagine they're excited about it now, seeing what they've seen from Kyler Murray just eight weeks in a new offense. Well, that's the thing, you know, eight weeks in a new offense with no off season and, and how he's had to get his seasoning and his timing by getting live reps and game reps. And, you know, a lot of guys struggle in that department. I mean, that was a, that was a great performance. That's I've seen Kyler play a lot of football games going back to Oklahoma. I mean, that's about as perfect a performance as you could get from Kyler. I mean, the, the throws on the outs, uh, you know, whether it was, um, you know, to Dorch or whoever it was, I mean, they were stick throws. And Pittsburgh and Philly's got some big guys up front. I mean, you know, Jordan Davis is six foot seven and Fletcher's big. He got some big hands in his face. None of it seemed to really bother him at all. I, I mean, look, it's a great endorsement. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it, in fact, is a true endorsement. I mean, you have to say those things, especially after a win like that as a head coach. Uh, you want to have his back. But, you know, some of these decisions are business decisions, and sometimes it goes beyond X's and O's and what you think about a player. But that was a strong endorsement that Jonathan gave to Kyler Murray, and it probably is a good thing as they try to build around him and add more pieces to this offense for next year. You know, Baldy, save for like a, a, a Christian McCaffrey, the running back position in the NFL is, is not as in vogue as it once was. It's kind of a forgotten role. Yet you see the impact that James Conner has had to this team. He's got an outside chance to have a thousand yards rushing this year while missing a month's worth of time. And just the, the emotional and physical presence that he gives the Cardinals. I mean, talk to me about what you saw from number six, who, who's quickly becoming an all-time great signing for this franchise. Well, it starts. It, it just starts with the character of James Conner and what kind of person he is. Anybody that meets him just knows he's how authentic he is and and then the work ethic that he puts in behind it uh you, you know you you can't have enough of those types of self-starters on your team and that's what james is and it's one thing to be a self-starter to be a leader but you have to perform i mean his performance was outstanding and yeah. it was in pittsburgh and it was against the cowboys this year and you could pick you know five games out this year where he was he was the best running back on the field and so and I don't think he's slowing down. Like, I know, you know, the years are starting to add up a little bit. But I feel like he's got good years left in him. And, you know, when you when Monty is, and, and Jonathan are trying to identify poor people to build this franchise around, I can't imagine James Conner not being a big part of it. And the conversation going to many other players before you mention James Conner. Isn't it weird, though? And I don't know if you're allowed to be complimentary being a Duke, Duke Blue Devil of a North Carolina running back like Michael Carter, but he was able to come in there and even give him more juice when he would spell James Conner. It looks like Michael Carter, the Cardinals, found somebody late in the season uh, and benefited from the Jets parting ways with him. You know, it's interesting. I, I had it work at the Jets this morning, and I was up there um, in Florham Park, and I, I saw a bunch of, you know, the guys, you know, that were coming going from one meeting to another. And I just, I just mentioned, you know, like Dow, like Michael Carter played really good on Sunday in Philadelphia. They, they all love him. But even before Brees Hall was drafted, I mean, Michael Carter led the running backs in New York 
um, in every single drill. He was the first one in line. He led the drill. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, when he came out with Javante Williams out of North Carolina, it was really a question like, which one would you rather have? Um, because he's got that type of ability. And to see the guys make – he just didn't have an offensive line in New York last year or this year that played anything like what he played in front of this year. I mean, running backs got to get the line of scrimmage pretty much clean before they can do their thing and use their quickness and their vision and suddenness that he has. And he put it on display. It was a, it was a good compliment to James Conner on Sunday. You, you think about this offensive line, Baldy. We just heard the news today that DJ Humphreys has unfortunately torn his ACL. But you know, I've made the argument, I think it's the MVP of this team in terms of the, the unit itself. Like, why do you think this kind of cast of, you know, misfit toys with, you know, afterthought free agents? Sure, they've got a couple first round tackles. Yellow Frold Holt, nobody knew who he was. Will Hernandez on a two year deal. Like, how, how is this team doing what they're doing up front? Is it coaching? Is it a combination of factors? Like, because what you mentioned about Philadelphia and the who's who on their defensive line, first rounder after first rounder, the Cardinals, this is the best run dominant team I've ever seen them have. Well, some of these guys needed a chance. Like Yeldon needed a chance. You know, he's he was in Cleveland, and you know they were they were pretty much loaded, and he was a backup, and he didn't get a chance. But he's he's very athletic, as we've seen, and he handled Jordan Davis on his nose with with little difficulty. It, it was an impressive performance, you know. And then you look at Will Hernandez. I told Will on Sunday. I've known him since he came out of Texas El Paso, but I told Will like they still haven't found a right guard in New York. Like the one thing about <laughs> Will Hernandez, honestly. He never misses a game. Like, he, he and you know, he has the same mentality every day. Um, he played every single game at Texas El Paso. Um, he played every game in New York. He's played every game here. Like, you can't get him off the field. Now, he's, he's a little bit stiff. I mean, people would say that. He would say that. But what he makes up for in stiffness, he makes up with incredible strength. Just yeah. a tower of strength. You know, and so, you know, he lives in a weight room. He believes in all that kind of stuff. Paris has been better than I thought he was going to be. Uh, he was telling me, like, how much he really enjoys studying Lane Johnson, how he wants to model his game after him. And, you know, he's played every snap this year. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's impressive. You know, you come in, you play every snap, you know, and you, you take your lumps. You go up against some of these guys, you take your lumps a little bit, but you learn from them. And I think he's done that. Um, DJ's been outstanding, but I think – you know, maybe a hidden part, just knowing Kelvin Beecham the way I do. Like, that guy is glue. Like, you know, he can play right side, he can play left side. He's a, a natural captain. He was a captain when he was at SMU. You know, he's a natural behind-the-scenes leader without being rah-rah. Like, I think you go in a room and Kelvin Beecham is there. He kind of makes you straighten up a little bit, just the way he conducts himself. But I think they have the building blocks of being a really, really um, – special group right now i mean you pointed it out to us early in the season and like we've seen it in the practice but i love the tag team duo on the right side of will hernandez and paris johnson jr they're just fun and you mentioned like they love to go out there and bulldoze in a run game let me ask you this like because i want to get your thoughts you were there uh the the move for jonathan gannon in game because we know about how competitive his squad is but the move to, for the onside kick and how well that played out for him in real time, did you did you understand like what what he was trying to do there? Whether he was gonna the team was gonna recover it or just make a short field to maybe save some clock? See, I think we talked about it in the booth, and we thought 
um, you know, even if the Eagles score, they're going to have time left on the clock to go down and answer the score. The last thing you wanted maybe is to kick it off and the Eagles melt the clock with an 80-yard drive. And so I haven't talked to Jonathan, and I don't know if anybody asked him that question, but we felt like that was part of the decision to go for the onside kick, that even if they don't recover it and the Eagles get a 50-yard field, um, they're gonna, there's still going to be time left on the clock. And, I've, you know, as the Eagles, you know, they got the holding call, they got backed up, and they obviously, you know, didn't do very much with outside of the first pass to A.J. Brown. You know, they didn't do much with it, and they left the Arizona Cardinals time to go down the field. And so if he thought like that, I thought that was next level. Absolutely. Baldy, you're always next level. We appreciate your time today on the road, traveling, getting us the inside, the All City NFL podcast with Brian Baldinger. Baldy, hope to talk to you next week as the Arizona Cardinals put a bow on year one of JG and company this Sunday against the Seahawks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you. Great stuff from Baldy, man. Uh, Really, really insightful. and, And we said it yesterday, Johnny. We said... It was it was it was big brain stuff there from the Arizona Cardinals head coach and that this was a guy that, you know, outside of just inspiring and in, in getting his team ready to play. He also is making in-game decisions that are helping his team win. He's not throwing his challenge flag just to throw it because we're yeah. screaming on Twitter. He hasn't thrown it all year. <laughs> He's a big analytics guy. And yeah. I think. Listen, the, that, that's that's what's winning the NFL. Can you lead 53 men in conjunction? Can you be smart? and take what the game is giving you and analyze it and not be a, a meathead, a meatball. And and that's what they're doing. And, man, I don't know how you don't get fired up listening to Brian Baldinger talk about this offensive line. I, I I have never heard, most Cardinal fans have never heard, say for the late 70s, an Arizona Cardinal offensive line that that looks and sounds like that. And, you know, Yelda Froldholt, he, he's right. What he did to Jordan Davis should be illegal. I mean, he threw him around. <laughs> Yelda Froldholt does CrossFit in his garage and – he just said he needed an opportunity like the Cardinals for so long. I wanted them to be like these franchises like green Bay, where you would take guys that hadn't gotten a chance and they would elevate them and they become great players. Cardinals have never been like that. They have, they have literally done that seemingly in one off season with a couple different guys, but you know, even though, and I don't want to, I don't want to rain on DJ Humphreys being injured and, and potentially being done with the Cardinals. You have the infrastructure with your center, right guard, right tackle under contract next year Shit, man, I think with the way Wilkinson's playing, it certainly has an option to come back. Cologne, you really only just need now somebody to work with and, and maybe in front of Kelvin Beecham at left tackle. You're in really good shape on your offensive line. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, I, I love the idea that it's, you know, no matter who the player is, if, if he's talented and if he gets coached up, that he has a chance to kind of turn his career around and, and for to the Cardinals to have a, a coaching staff now capable of doing that and elevating players games. That's exciting because they they've severely lacked that maybe outside of the BA era, you know, just a couple of years ago. Uh, you talk about, you know, the, the CrossFit background for a guy like Yelda Froholt. He also looks like he could be in this world's strongest man competition, throwing around kegs. Why not throw around some four peaks kegs, right? Delicious beer. Why not make the beer, uh, worth it in four peaks of course the official one of the official beer sponsors of phnx check it out we love our four peaks love to get out there 8th street and tempe put back some cold ones watch some great sports on the tvs there just beautiful setup 
that they've got the uh, the bar area, they've got uh, the restaurant area where you can go eat appetizers, entrees, and desserts, and they're all delicious, and they all pair great with their incredible selection from Arizona's premier craft brewery. You got um, a new year, you got a new beer. How about the Bad Birdie Juice Gold Nail? It's a collab between Four Peaks and Bad Birdie. Super drinkable, perfect combination and companion on the tea box, and also great companion with your own fridge and with you on the couch watching football, playoff football in the next couple of weeks. Visit fourpeaks.com slash locator. You can find all your favorite beers and events. Check out at Four Peaks Brew on socials and at Four Peaks Pub. Keep it up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Got to be 21 years or older, and please enjoy it responsibly. Uh, you guys, be responsible. Like this video. Let's get this uh, video over 300 likes today for your boys. Speaking of boys, Merv. Busting a move, as always, in the chat. $5 super <laughs> chat. Patrick Henry, a true American patriot. 19, ah. or excuse me, 19, 1775 once said, give me liberty or give me death. Give me Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he also ah. said that, too. I think he was on the record <laughs> of saying that. Uh, listen, we have plenty of time to talk about draft. Um, I think if you polled 99% of Cardinal fans, they would say Marvin Harrison Jr., top-rated player, would immediately be the pick for the Cardinals. And I think we're going to know, have a pretty good idea if that's going to be a possibility in about five days. And then we're going to be able to say, okay, they win, take a step back, reevaluate. Cardinals are one of three teams in contention for a top two pick. Uh, Cardinals could finish second or third. Uh, so a lot on the table, but uh, it's fun. It's fun to break this down. And it's also fun not to talk about this team needing a quarterback, Bob Brock. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great not to have so much as far as uh just cloudiness surrounding the position like you see what's going on in chicago and it's sometimes head scratching to see you know which direction you think they might be pointing you're like man yeah i can't believe they're doing that we're here you feel comfortable like like baldy said eight games right and with jonathan gannon how he's just wax poetic about his franchise quarterback and how he kind of doubled and tripled down today saying I've known since day one, I have had felt conviction in Kyler Murray since taking this position. And he relayed that to Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray didn't have to worry about really anything except picking up this offense and getting back a hundred percent healthy to be a hundred percent physically and a hundred percent healthy and work on that health book and work on that football bucket. Like JG likes to say, put him in a perfect position to be as successful as he possibly can be. And Jonathan Gannon, I think knew with the, knowing that and confidently moving forward that you could take a talented player like Cal, Kyler Murray and see him respond. And I think he finally, you know, I think he did the last couple, you know, since he's returned and obviously it's, it's been a bit uneven and sometimes uh, you've got some inconsistencies there, but you're going to get that coming with an in, off an injury and getting into a new offense. But man, it, it it's gotta be nice to know at least the future of that position um, that I think they've got a good plan moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, let's get back into the super chats. Merv, of course it's Merv. Uh, love you, my guy. $10 back to back. Let's start with this one. Chicago trades back to pick five. AZ takes Marvin Harrison Jr. Tack, uh, takes a tackle guard with their second first and builds the edge and uh, D-line in later rounds, maybe sign a wide receiver two in for agency. I don't know if it's going to play out exactly like that, Merv. That's what I would do. I would lean into the strength of this draft, like I said earlier, tackle and receiver, and I, I, you know, I would let the chips fall where they may on the front seven. I would add front seven and free agency. Um, I wonder though, Bo, 
the nugget that you got today from our guy Howard Balzer as it relates to the wide receiver position mm -hmm. and maybe some clarity in that role. I wonder if that changes how they tackle free agency. Yeah, uh, you and I went on the airwaves yesterday, and we're sitting here clamoring. Hey, like you got to prioritize bringing back uh, Greg Dorch, and you know Howard finds me in the press room today, and he says, hey, "I got a little nugget for you as far as Greg Dorch," and then he drops this little uh, tidbit on Twitter. Here is Greg Dorch's status for 2024. He will be an ERFA, so exclusive rights free agent. Cardinals retain exclusive rights with a one-year tender at $1.125 million, which is chump change in the NFL, by the way. There can be no negotiations with other teams. He's a rare player and more credited seasons for than a cured to credit determines salary, a cured free agent status, which you feel for Greg Dortch because this is a guy that's been in the NFL for four seasons, but he's accrued two seasons officially. So how that counts against you know, him being able to go out and play the open market, he's got to go one more year in this weird kind of glitch in the matrix. But it plays to the benefit of the Arizona Cardinals. Like, obviously, Johnny, we'd like to think that Monty Austinfort would do right by the player. But, you know, it's it's more about the business thing and what's best for the organization. But at the end of the day, what's best for the organization is, is getting Greg Dorch back. And this gives you a direct path to that, to where you get this great football player back on your roster and you don't have to, you know, pretty much buy with 31 other teams for, for a player like Greg Dorch. They were, and they've probably known this for a little bit, and we just hadn't connected the dots. Um, you were dealt a blow today with the DJ Humphreys news. This is a win for this organization. And I, I hope Greg Dorch eventually gets compensated in the form of a, a multi-year deal with, with guarantees. But now you have a little bit more clarity at a position where, let's face it, it looked uh, kind of bare bones. Um, think about this. So Zach Pascal did not catch a pass on Sunday. He did a really nice job run blocking as a receiver. If you go back and look at his run blocking grade and you just watch the game. Now you have Pascal, Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch, and Michael Wilson under contract. That's at least something to start with. All of those guys now have played at least one year under Drew Petzing. Maybe all of them come back. Maybe Rondell's off the team. That's your current wide receiver core. That's what you've been operating with the last. And two now weeks. you can just add to it. Now you don't have to scramble. I I I almost feel like, and this could be naive, like the inclusion of Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch, Zach Pascal, and Michael Wilson, and, and Michael Wilson finishing the year strong. You know, Michael Wilson's going to run with the ones this offseason. Do you think now? given that you know they're going to draft a receiver high, like is there not an urgency to draft, to sign a free agent receiver knowing that you've got some clarity with these other guys? Like, or is it a situation in which if you want to go get a DJ Chark or somebody like that, a placeholder, you'd have to get rid of a Rondell Moore. Like walk me through that. Cause it, it does feel like suddenly if you add two receivers in the draft, like that's it, that's a crowded room suddenly. Well, Let's also keep in perspective of who these these players are. And you started doing a great job in like outlining that. Like Zach Pascal is a team's guy, is a run blocker, right? right. Um, Rondell Moore, Baldy said this, and I agree with him. He's he's a bit more of a, a gadget player now. He's not just yeah. a full time wide receiver. And Greg Dorch is is, is an all purpose player. He all purpose podcast, right? It's it's the guy he returns punts, he returns kicks. That. Uh, he can run all the routes, right? And he's he's proven that he, he deserves a role in this offense. But still, I think Michael Wilson is the only guy that you've got that that you can say, okay, 
legitimately the continuity as far as the wide receiver stat uh, core goes from 2023 to 2024. I think it's mostly Wilson sprinkling Dorch, maybe some Rondell, but as far as like your, your true receiving core, like guys that are, that their primary position is going to be go out there and make plays for Kyler Murray uh, and, and be a playmaker. I, I think that you legitimately still are looking for somebody via free agency, but, but still like, Probably not the top tier guy, right? But somebody that fits a, a mold of, you know, younger, um, and, and obviously fits. You got to add some height back to it, and and you know help diversify this this wide receiver core even more so. And then yeah, get a blue chip prospect in the draft. I think that that's that's a great plan and a little easier to execute now, knowing you've got a guy that just had seven catches for eighty two yards and has been clutch for you uh, anytime his number's been called. I just, I'd be anxious to see. I'm sure you're going to ask this of Jonathan Gannon before the end of the year. Like, what does Greg Dorch have to do to be a presumed starter going into this offseason? I, I, shit, Bo, I feel like we're, we're one more game away. If he lights up Seattle this weekend and he's back making $1.2 million, he better be running with the ones all offseason. Like, I, I'm sorry, Rondell Moore and Zach Pascal. Like, I, he's a he's a slot receiver that can play a little bit outside, and yes, they need that big alpha, six foot three monster mm-hmm. across from Michael Wilson. But like he, Greg Dorch is a starting slot receiver. Like I'm convinced of it, but I'd be interested to hear it from them. And if they give a political answer, or will they pull a JG doubling, tripling down like he did on Kyler Murray today? Like mm-hmm. that that's something that bears watching because I I do feel like. Kyler Murray has helped them win games at the end of the year that buys him immense credibility. So has Greg Dorch. Like, Hollywood Brown is gone. Like, Rondell Moore, that experiment kind of imploded. Greg Dorch has been your only source of receiving options, and now you get him back next year, and he's clearly a good fit for what Petsing wants to do. Does he suddenly become the exception to the rule of you got to be six foot and older to play receiver in this offense? I, I feel like that would send a really good message to the rest of the team. Let's reward the guys that are are helping us win at the end of this year, I would be disappointed if, and Greg forces his way on the field regardless, but mm-hmm. I would not want to hand over this slot receiver job to a, maybe a draft pick or you know a free agent over Dorch getting an opportunity. I guess yeah, is what I'm trying to say. I, I just don't think like, okay, so you're fine in the slot. That's great. Like you've got two guys, three guys fully capable of doing it like before – Pascal came over here. That's that's where he's he ran most of his routes, and Rondell was your starter. And yeah, know, Dorch is is pushed for more and more playing time, and he's played Hollywood's role really really well down the stretch here. Um, but you like I agree with a lot of the chat here. Like you're still lacking a true number one, and I think a consistent enough player right now to 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 be a wide receiver too. So like I think you're still looking for at least one of these two options on the free agent market, either your X or your Z in, in wide in, in, in free agency. Okay. Kyler's, oh, he was asked that route. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as far as your sense of urgency, like you're not just returning three guys, you've got four guys. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys who's been, you know, your most productive and consistent player this season, but like, let's also not lose sight of it. I think you still need to add some big bodied wide receivers and also some guys that that you can you can build with, draft, develop, or sign and develop. Um, it, it's it's a position that you're not just like, well, w- drafting a guy in the first round just solves everything. It helps a lot, but I think that there's I still think a lot that, more work. That's to me. Do. 
You're talking yeah. about me. I think like that. Uh, Richard, $1.99 Super Chat. Uh, this was kind of buried in the show title today. Kyler wants Hollywood back next year. Uh, W-Y-O. Um, basically, like, wh- what do you guys think? I I think Kyler Murray is best friends with Hollywood Brown. Is it what you yeah, offer? Think, is that it? Yeah, maybe. I'm not hip with I mean, the acronym lingos here on the, on the um, chat streets, but I'm offering him nothing. <laughs> I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the, uh, the jerk that says it's just not a fit for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Why are you doubling and tripling? You're down? Willy Wonka. You're Willy Wonka. You nothing. You. No, like Hollywood Brown is going to make money on the free agent market with another team. And you should do that. Go get the money that you need to get. Um, Would I be interested? Be- like if, if the question was phrased like this um, and I don't know if you would ever get it in the cards press room, yeah, I don't even know if it's a, it's a fair, a fair question to a player like Kyler Murray or any player for that matter. Um, you know, would you rather, would you like Hollywood Brown to come back and be your teammate? Or would you like to see your friend go out there and get the bag? I think, I think Kyler Murray would say, go get paid. Let's hang out in the off season. Let's, let's hang out over, you know, FaceTime and, and let's, let's Switch. vacation together. Yeah. I, I, you went there. I didn't go there. Uh, I, I think Hollywood Brown needs to get paid. Like you get one significant payday, maybe twice in your NFL career and Hollywood's made pretty good money for a first round pick, but Hollywood needs to go to Carolina or somebody like that and have them write him a big check based on his potential. And the Cardinals need to draft a first round receiver. And like, here's what I will say. And I will push back. I'm kind of taking a little bit of a 180 on the free agent wide receiver aspect. I think that. What's Michael Wilson going to have this year? About 500 yards. Most of that coming without Kyler Murray. I am comfortable going into next year with Trey McBride has the potential to be a thousand yard tight end. I think it's, it's, it's safe to assume Michael Wilson will see a jump in production. Let's say he goes up to about 700 yards as wide receiver two slash three. If Dorch is given opportunities, they clearly like Isaiah likely. They do not have a big Isaiah Higgins, excuse me. Um, they do not have a big time number one receiver. And I think that that can be accomplished one way in the first round of this draft. And and then you slot that person in there and then like double dip later in the draft, get some depth. But I, if I'm walking back my notion, like a DJ Chark or somebody, because I think, what is that? What is that purpose? It, you know, in training camp, if you're trying to get Michael Wilson and Kyler Murray some time together, and Roma Dunsey and Kyler Murray or whomever it is, Marvin. So it's good to have depth, but DJ Chark's going to cost a little bit of money. They have they have some options out receiver. They have no options at defensive line. They have none. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I love Greg Dorch. I just don't think like that completely takes you out of the running to to signing somebody. Like you, you need depth. And You're probably right. You're probably when I, when I see when I, I see a drive like I saw to end the game, and like you see Rondell Moore involved in it, and Greg Dorch involved in it, and it's it's necessary. But you know, it, to to really get this this offense humming, and you know, obviously what Drew Petzing likes, he has a type, and you saw it from from Cleveland last year. Like he he likes big guys and. You know, Dorch, uh, he's he's proven that he can play. But I think, you know, just adding a guy in the draft and adding some depth later, like I think if you add a guy who is is like proven he can get open and make plays for you in free agency, I think that 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 just it bolsters your you can bolster your wide receiver core now instead of just 
you know, getting up to a decent spot wide receiver wise. Uh, let, me ask, let me ask you a follow-up then because what we know about Greg Dorch presumably being back now, it's just a formality. Mm-hmm. What's the likelihood that Rondell Moore on Sunday plays his last game with the Arizona Cardinals? It's tough. I mean, He's 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 done everything that has been asked of him, and obviously more because he's he's been able to stay healthy for the first time in his entire career. But if if you're looking at upgrading the position, and somebody has to be a casualty of that, I think that that absolutely is is a, a, a scenario that can happen. No doubt about it. Yeah, I I read that today from Howard, and I'm like, well, Rondell presumably that that was his avenue to be a quality piece on the team next year returning kicks and punts if Dorch gets money from another team mm-hmm. if Dorch is back I just and and not only is Greg Dorch doing those things but he's also jumped Rondell Moore on the depth chart at receiver so it's you know I, I don't know what Rondell Moore makes he doesn't make that much he's a you know third or fourth year second round pick but I he's going to his fourth year and, and usually all your guarantees are are pretty much uh accounted for at that stage in your rookie deal yeah i'm with brian i i think he maybe not traded for a pick but like i could see him dealt like draft weekend to move up to move back around i i just feel like the cardinals tried to make it work with these undersized receivers and one of them one of them is gonna stick uh richard dollar 99 does Payne dorch light the torch even higher um, yeah, we can light the torch with the Greg Dorch podcast t-shirt available right now at the PHNX Merchandise Laka. It is the hottest selling t-shirt. It is fantastic. I wear mine on the reg. It's it's one of my favorites we've ever done here. Go get it right now, available in all sizes. And again, we're not beating around the bush. It is a Greg Dorch character t-shirt. Get it now. Flipping hot, Richard. That's right. Also, uh, while you're wearing that T-shirt around the house, hopefully you're walking on some new flooring uh, from our friends over at Empire today. Have you seen the new flooring in the studio, Johnny? It's elite. It is. It's unbelievable. Uh, I want to, I don't know, maybe renew my uh, my vows with my wife on that beautiful floor. I don't know. I want to throw like a, a wedding party. It's just, it's, it's gorgeous. And Empire today came by and installed it. It didn't take very long. It was so quick. It was so painless. It was so convenient. Our friends over at Empire today, it's your best option as far as upgrading the flooring in your condo, in your house. We love it. They got the virtual showroom where you can figure out what the flooring would look like in your house without having to actually do any of the work. You just go online and it'll show you. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All of our listeners, just by using PHNX, the discount code, when you go to empiretoday.com slash PHNX, you could save $350 off uh, using that promo code. We love it. I mean, we love what's going on as far as Empire Today. Learn more today, empiretoday.com slash phnx. Uh, Last chance to see the Arizona Cardinals live this year, uh, and it is a banger matchup. Seahawks coming in, needing a win to make the playoffs, potentially. You can get in the building with game time, 18 bucks right now with our friends at game time, Seahawks at Cardinals. They also do this thing called a flash deal. Uh, They've got 10 to 15% off club row, 37 row nine uh i mean depending on what you want to spend uh they're going to help you save some coin uh i only use game time as it relates to my ticketing options my ticketing purchases not only can i get some sweet sweet tickets how about parking passes it's a one-stop shop for anything you want to do game time is the best place for last minute ticket deals 
It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And it's a fantastic way to get you what you need at an easily convenient price. And the timing could not be better for you to download the Game Time app, create an account. We're going to hook you up. $20 off your first purchase with a bonus code PHNX. That might cover your entire ticket. Who knows? $18. I just read it to you. Uh, minimal fees apply. Terms and conditions. Again, create an account. Redeem the bonus code PHNX. $20 off immediately. No questions asked. Have a blast this weekend. Support the Red Sea. I don't want to see a bunch of teal garbage jerseys at State Farm Stadium. Let's download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Let's jump back into these Super Chats. Topic 64, friend of the program, Bo. Wilson is a great wide receiver, but he gets the injury bug frequently. May need another receiver. Pascal may not be around. Well, Pascal got a two-year deal. He's a JG guy, culture guy. I feel like he's probably safe, Bo, at least for another year. Yeah, especially with what they, you know, Wilson's the only other rock-solid run-backing wide receiver, right? So uh, I think that he, he, at least until they find – uh, a, a better solution. I think he's at least on the roster and it's you, 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 like with them having four wide receivers now beyond this season, it, it becomes important to, to hold on to what you have. And I don't think it creates too much cap space, uh, you know, to, to really make it worth it moving on from a guy like from Pascal uh, Richard in the chat. Um, yeah. I want to get to this bow because I have a follow-up. So he's got $1.99. Richard's crushing it. Hit that like button, everybody. Do you really think the Cardinals are going to have 13 rookies next year? Uh, they have 13 draft picks right now. Well, let me let me ask you this. This might answer your question. This is from our friend Omar Ruiz at the NFL Network. According to NFL research, the Arizona Cardinals have had the most snaps taken by rookies. Most rookies have started a game this season, and only team where rookies have played more than 2,000 snaps offensively and defensively. Um, so it's the anti-Steve Kime approach. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> but if you're at, I, I, like, I, I'm not going to bet on it, but Richard, I could absolutely see them using all their draft picks. Um, uh, this, this, roster need, this roster needs it. The way that Monty wheels and deals, um, like, could they, could they play just as many rookies as they have this season, next season? Yes. But do they stick and pick 13 times? No. no. I mean, but you know, are they making? Are they going up to the podium thirteen times this this April? I don't think so either. Uh, I think that they're they're going to continue to set themselves up for future success in the draft by accumulating draft assets and draft capital. So no, I mean, I think that they'll make a significant amount of picks uh, in, in in you know approach, if not you know go past double digits, and and they're, they're, this is going to be an even younger roster next season. Uh, but it's going to be an infusion of talent and like you're, you're for sure going to get, you know, six players in the top three round. If Monty Austinford doesn't turn that into more picks in the first three rounds um, that, that are going to immediately become guys that are going to get playing time right out of the gates. And, and by the end of next season are going to be right there, hopefully in another Omar Ruiz from NFL network uh, tweet about how often young players played. Let's talk about draft, baby. Perfect segue. Uh, Damon Dog, draft order for week 17, if we could. Uh, excuse me, week 18. Um, this is important. The Arizona Cardinals cannot fall lower than pick number seven. The Titans have five wins. The Chargers, the Giants have five wins. The Cardinals have four. This is from Ian Rappaport. Chiefs are sitting. Number of players, including Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers play the Chiefs this weekend. The Chiefs who are going to play during wild card weekend 
are going to sit everybody versus the Chargers. Now, the Chargers could still lose that game, but it makes you feel good about the Chargers' prospect to win that game for an interim coach. That would mean the Cardinals, the lowest they could fall, should they beat the Seahawks this weekend, is sixth overall. Now, you've got the Titans taking on the Jaguars. Jaguars are playing like ass. So are the Titans. (laughs) I think the game that we all feel like has the most uh, lopsided affair. The Giants play the Eagles. The Eagles desperately trying to get right. Um, so I I feel like we're looking at a situation. If you had to ask me my opinion, Bo, I think the Cardinals are either going to exit this weekend picking sixth overall or they're going to pick third overall. I think the Patriots are beating the Jets this weekend. If the Cardinals lose to Seattle, that will vault them to the third overall pick. Either way, really good options. But of course, they, they pick third, as you outlined on yesterday's show. You you reopen Pandora's box to a number of scenarios yeah. as it relates to what you can do in the top three. Yeah, you put yourself between a quarterback potentially and a quarterback needy team, and that that just spells uh, another success even before making a selection potentially for Monty Austin for it. Um, you know, I, I see Michael Penix Jr. in Washington's run shouldn't be discredited at all, but what I see, he's 24 years old. You know, he's had an ace, two ACL injuries and he's had a shoulder injury. His pre-draft process, like even if it's impressive, like he's also going to, there's going to be some things kind of exposed. I, I don't know if he ends up in the top five, right? I don't think Penix Jr. is an option. Jaden Daniels is also an older prospect. And that's going to be factored in here because when we talk about, you know, second quarterback deals, you know, you got a guy that's going to be approaching 30 years old by the time he's going to get in his second contract and it could be at that time upwards of $300 million. So, you know, you got to take into consideration the age of these prospects and, and whether or not they're worthy of like top five and moving up and, and trading all this draft capital. So um, to me, it's still like a two quarterback top five draft. I agree with that. Um, and and but the, the Arizona Cardinals could benefit from that. Like they can, with, with what, who knows, the Chicago bears being the ultimate wild card, and then you've got yourself kind of between Washington and, and New England, who appeal like appear to be like the heavy suitors for the top quarterbacks in this draft. The the Chicago Bears are like that kid in the lunchroom that like eats ketchup, you know, you know, through the tube and just is a complete wild card. And you're like, they're not really going to do that, are they? And they'll put it on a cracker and they'll eat out of the garbage for money. They all those kids <laughs> giving the leftover. That's like the Chicago Bears. They're not really going to run with Justin Fields are they and they got the ketchup tube up in their face and that's what they remind me of they're a complete wild card like I I feel confident they're going to take Caleb Williams I would not be surprised at all if that new president hears Chicago radio as everybody's outline and just like let's just roll with Justin Fields yeah if you pick third overall though even with Marvin Harrison Jr. potentially going one or two if the Bears do a mini trade back with the commanders you have the chips to do a mini trade back because of Drake May Now that we know definitively the Cardinals will not be in the Drake May business, thank God for that. Drake May bust. He he may not be a Cardinal. He won't be a Cardinal. Somebody else is going to take him, which means that you can open up shop for a team behind you, like New England, like the Titans, like the Giants, and say, give us your second-round pick. We're going to move back one spot. And you know what? They're going to do that. And then you can still take one of these tackles or wide receivers. So – while I desperately want the Cardinals to win their only division game this year, I think that if they end up losing, close game, Kyler Murray balls out again, and you're picking third, 
it's either Marvin Harrison Jr. or you say, who wants Drake May? Come on down for Drake. And we all become Drake May fans for the next four months. We tout him. We elevate him. <laughs> we can rip him down the minute the draft's over because we've recouped a day two pick. I feel like that that is the most likely solution. If you fall to six or seven, we will pour one out for a top five pick on Monday's show, and we will reassess. We will reevaluate. I, first off, you're not going to fool anybody is a Drake May stand at all, especially you couldn't even like get through the statement for like you just trashed him immediately. Uh, you called him Drake. Oh, May. Drake May. I'll be at the combine like this. Take your shirt <laughs> off, Drake May. Show your muscles. Let's get some of these teams to move up, Drake. Love your athleticism. I was watching a uh, tape breakdown today. I sent it to like the guy spends less than a second in the pocket before just immediately trying to make some sort of like cockamamie trade. He threw a left-handed pass. Let me run uh, over Wake Forest. Yeah, that'll yeah. translate. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, Drake. Jonathan's um, like, uh, I'm taking Kyler Murray, not the kid from the ACC that lost to Virginia. No thanks. Not the kid uh, from the ACC that had a 200-yard rusher every game. No thanks. Right. And then like the, uh, but but then I look at that seven-game stretch. The Cardinals, you know, it was just brutal, right? Watching some bad football. It's like, man, we we went through all that, and even after all of that, they're at like six or five or six. Uh, th- this organization deserves a top five pick. Like first off, the Bears don't deserve. <laughs> the number one overall pick and, and to do it again. Um, it, it's just madness. Your, your analogy is completely correct. Arizona Cardinals deserve to get a premium pick in this draft. And like, <sighs> I, I think that if and Pete Carroll doesn't F around, he knows what's at stake. Uh, like offensively, they have enough to, to do what Philly also had the ability to do, but didn't as far as just run the ball and run it down right. their throat and put that game away. Um, I think that Pete Carroll's not going to be effing around. Uh, he's going to do what he should have done years ago and run the football at State Farm Stadium. They um, they will be playing simultaneously with, uh, I believe, the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers win, and um, I think Seattle's out, assuming Tampa beats Carolina yeah. in the early slate. So um, who is covering DK Metcalf? Who is covering Tyler Lockett? Like that, that's a problem. Like the, the Eagles didn't make the Cardinals pay. Devontae Smith couldn't come down with that catch. I didn't think they targeted AJ Brown enough. Like the Eagles game plan was not smart. We saw it last week. Like as much as I despise Pete Carroll, he's an infinitely better coach than whatever the hell Philadelphia trotted out last week. And the, the Eagles have, or excuse me, the, the Seahawks have come to State Farm Stadium with nothing, nothing to to win or play for, and have beaten the shit out of the Cardinals in Week <laughs> 17 and Week 18. Like I, I fully expect them to be competitive. That being said, I will root for the Cardinals for four quarters because we've, sure. we've reached that point. But the reason that the Cardinals are are losing their their draft spot is because their franchise quarterback came back and has won them games. Yeah. So it's like we can't be pissed off about. I know people are pissed. They're like, we blew it. Uh, <laughs> no, you needed to know. And he's winning. Yeah. He could go 500 with this roster. That's terrible. That's important because we're going to fast forward to next September. and Everybody's going to be like, I want to win games now. Let's win games. <laughs> okay, well, now you have certainty that you can do that. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Hey, Kyler, could you actually just go 0 and 8? And then we'll fast forward and everything will be yeah. fine, even though we'll probably get rid of him. We'll take Caleb Williams. It's like, no, man, they they could have sat Kyler Murray all year. Nothing that, that, that said they couldn't. And you know what? They would have ended up with the first overall pick. The yeah. only reason that they're not picking first is because of Kyler Murray. I think this division 
knows how to win games right now against this this uh i guess talent depraved roster like yes i i, I do i want to see the continuation of last game in this offense getting back on track and finding its groove absolutely right uh but like what did we see uh, San Francisco relentlessly running the football down the Cardinals throat? What do we yeah. see from the Rams in two games? They absolutely were ground and pound Kyron Williams. I never want to see the guy again, dominate the Arizona Cardinals and, and the Seahawks did it in, in the first meeting of these two teams. And I, like it, within the division, the secrets out. Wow. You know, Nick Sirianni and his, and Brian Johnson didn't get the memo. And and then you know keep it up with you know two, DeAndre Swift and, and Jalen Hurts and the full complement of that rushing attack. I, I think Pete Carroll knows you know if they're going to have a chance and if they want all those tiebreakers to come in effect and you know maybe Justin Fields does what the Bears haven't been able to do against the Packers uh, in so long and gets a dub. Um, you know, I, crazier things have happened. So it's um it, it really is like. I I think at this point now, and you can you couldn't have said it the entire you know return of Kyler Murray like that they've shown enough, but I think last week showed me enough to feel confident uh, win or lose in the finale on Sunday. Keep everybody healthy. Like I don't want to see no. any repeat like DJ Humphreys. Uh, speaking of that, Chad, our guy, fourteen ninety nine. Thank you so much, Chad. Yeah. Paris Johnson Jr. was drafted to be the left tackle of the future at the time of last year's draft. Alu and Alt might force the issue, but there are quality right tackles late in the first, uh, first early second. Monty will give the team options. I agree with that. I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do with Paris, whether they move him to the left side or not. I think what I would do. Well, did you hear what Baldy said? That what, hear? how great Paris Johnson is, and how Paris Johnson wants. He's watching tape about Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson who plays right who, tackle. Who plays right tackle? Yeah, yeah. I I think that's he's. Like Paris Johnson Jr. could could be a Pro Bowl right tackle next year. I would keep him there if possible. Well, how do you do that? You need a left tackle in the first round. Like Alu Fashanu and Joe Alt play left tackle for Penn State and Notre Dame respectfully. Like that's an easy transition. You've got Kelvin Beecham there. I think the only way it gets messy is you take the kid from Arizona, Morgan, or you take a later prospect, then you could kick him over. But like the edge rushers are so elite now at the NFL level, left, right, doesn't matter. I know you want to protect Kyler Murray's blind side with your number one, you know, offensive tackle. I, if you go with Joe Alt or Fashanu, I think you just make them your left tackle. Because you know what? Panay Sewell went to yeah. Detroit. Doesn't he play right tackle? He's pretty damn good. I think he, didn't he, did he move over to left tackle eventually? Did Taylor Decker, did they move Taylor Decker? I don't know. I butchered that. But I, I really Decker's like Harris at right tackle. I know that he he did check in as eligible, and the refs didn't, didn't did. realize that. But um, you know, it it's we, we with the DJ news. You know, it, it makes sense, and it, it feels like we've had been having this conversation. Is you know, DJ is going to stick it, or Paris is going to stick it right tackle, and and that's that's fine. That's not an indictment on him. I think that it's it's become equally as important of a position. And Eagles have shown that. And if you have a guy that can hold it down on, on that side of the line, it's just because there's so much so much talent coming off the edge in the NFL and in this division that the Arizona Cardinals play in. Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be so effing good for this team. It's just it's so great that we're one game away from, like, I'm crowning him, like, the best first-rounder. I mean, certainly since Kyler Murray, but maybe the last, like, 20 years. I mean, he's been that good. Richard, 499, another super chat. If Matt 
had a chance of winning the game. Are we rooting for him to make a 55-yard field goal? That's a, that's that's <laughs> tough, man. If you told me that the Patriots won in the early slate and the Cardinals, if they missed that field goal, would pick third overall, I can't I can't comment on that right now. But I think my no comment <laughs> kind of leans you into what I would do. Topic 64, 999. Good to see my guy, Topic 64, coming around. JV, at first I disagreed with you, but my mind has changed due to the Walter Football Mock draft website they're right every year they got caleb going to the shy i think caleb williams when they they're gonna have to scout him it would be gross negligence not to scout him Mm -hmm. you cannot watch justin fields and then watch caleb williams and say yep i'm doing that you you have to you have to separate emotion from as bo mentioned earlier it's a business decision he is a better prospect He's a better thrower of the football. He's cheaper. He buys everybody more time. They have Carolina's one next year. You can trade Justin Fields. I think we are going to get clarity on the Cardinals position after Sunday. We're going to have clarity on Caleb Williams too, because I believe Justin Fields is going to go to Lambeau Field and get outplayed thoroughly by Jordan Love again. And I think that that's going to take care of itself. Justin Fields hasn't, you know, during this entire stretch where the Bears have gone – their their records what what are they four and three, in his last couple starts he hasn't mm-hmm. thrown multiple touchdowns he, he's got the the Kenny Pickett, um, I, I guess syndrome path to success Peter yeah. Bukowski who who does locked on Packers is doing the Lord's work man is he trolling hard this week oh my god I love it so Fields. much and Justin Fields in his career in his thirty nine career games has thirty eight fumbles and thirty interceptions and fifty four total touchdowns. You hear that? 39 games, 38 fumbles, and 30 picks. He's put the ball in harm's way uh, over nearly 70 times. And they're Low. just like, oh, yeah, the morale's good. The vibes are good in the in the locker room. We got to move forward. This is I don't want this to become an anti-Bears podcast, but I feel like every time we talk about this and we see the propaganda on Twitter, low-level NFL franchises, and let me be clear about something. I grew up in in the state of Illinois. Like I have good, dear friends that root for the Chicago Bears. They have been victimized by that franchise. Like a lot of people feel the same about our Cardinals. The Bears stadium needs upgraded. Their front office has been terrible. They've never gotten the quarterback position right. When you have low self-esteem as a franchise, you will let the fan base and talk radio dictate your decisions like this. So like I, while I think that most smart analytic football people that are not associated with that friend. I don't care what Kyle Long has to say on a podcast. Kyle Long who played guard for the Bears and his friends with Justin Fields. I don't care. I don't give two shits about his opinion. Do the yeah. people who scout for a living, if you pulled 100 people, would should you roll with Justin Fields given his current contract situation or draft Caleb Williams, 90 plus percent would say take Caleb Williams. Like that's, that, You can't even dispute that. It's undisputable. He's got 10 wins in three years, but there is, they're, they're a wild card. They're the kid in the cafeteria with the ketchup bottle. You just don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> it's unfortunate for Cardinals fans. And it's between it's them standing in front of this generational type wide receiver prospect. And it makes you reach for the OGs, but reaching for the OGs is always a good thing. Regardless if you're in a bad spot, you got a wild card weird kid in, in the cafeteria. That's doing uh, just crazy things, but OGs brands, it's they just launched two new products. They got the live rosin, the RCO, the Rick Simpson oil. 
They got OG's Naturals in the big OG's. OG's Naturals are vegan gummies made with live rosin, available in sweet clementine flavor. Meanwhile, you got the big OG's gummy, which is the mega version of Peg's Raspberry Orange, which is the RSO, one of the company's most popular products. It's perforated into 10 slices, and each is 10 milligrams of THC, a total of 100 milligrams of THC. OG's has got something for everyone. So check out, I highly encourage you to go check out their full product line, ogsbrands.com. It's not just about the new products, the big gummies, the RSOs. Uh, it's also about the sleep time gummies. It's all about, you know, the the indicas, which you like, the fruits, the creams. Go check them all out, ogsbrands.com. Look for them in your local dispensary and also follow them on your socials at OG's Brands. You got to be 21 years or older, Johnny. Paris Johnson Jr. has been money for the Cardinals. Speaking of money, uh, you can save money with our friends at Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals and the venerable household, by the way. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community, providing financial solutions that make life better. Look for Desert Financial for checking, savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. And if you're an Arizona sports fan, well, there's no better place than to do your banking with Desert Financial Credit Union. It's the only place you can show your team spirit every time you make a purchase with the exclusive debit cards branded with your favorite team, including the Red Sea Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. Check them out, desertfinancial.com slash cardinals to get started, Bo. Just getting the official injury report for the Cardinals on Wednesday. Uh, didn't see him out there at practice, obviously, guard deck. He was on the side, so was Garrett Williams. Their official did not practice. And Dante Stills, the rookie, is dealing with a knee injury. So is Gardeck. Garrett Williams, as JG said earlier this week, it's an ankle injury. So uh, you had some limited participants in Andre Sachere, Victor Dumakeji dealing with a foot injury. Lecky Fotu still working his way back. Designated return from a hand injury. Uh, we'll see if they activate him for the finale against the Seahawks. And then Kevin Strong was limited with a knee. Uh, sit everybody that is on the verge of playing, not playing. I would sit everybody. It's the last game of the season. Guys who are part of your future. If guys are in a contract year, they want to go out. They want to show something in the final game of the season. So be it. But I, I wouldn't play around with anybody that they, if Dennis Gardeck's going to be in the equation next year and he's got, you know, a hiccup and he didn't practice, I would sit him this weekend. I mean, really at the end of the day, it's like, what, what let's, let's look at the big picture. I'm not talking about tanking for a draft pick here. I'm talking about, we don't want guys to to end up rehabbing for three or four months in a game in which you're you're competing for a four or five five win. And Kyler Murray, you know, I want him to ball out. Jalen Blair saying we should sit Kyler. Like part of me does feel like you know they're going to play him. They're going to play him without now their franchise left tackle. They're already undermanned at receiver. Like I, I need Kyler Murray to be healthy after four quarters in this game. That's the that's the priority for this game above everything else. When this game's over. I need number one to be healthy and to go into this offseason ready to, to take on the way of this franchise again. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah, it just don't. Gannon told me straight up today we're operating normal as usual. Guys that are active are going to have a jersey are going to continue to be utilized on game day, and, and they're going out there and doing everything they can to win a football game. Yep. So that means we're Kyle every. Yeah. We're winning every day on this podcast because of all of you. 270 in the chat as we put a bow on today's episode. Like this video. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. We are back manana. We're going to compare schedules. Might even dabble in a mock draft. But in the meantime, 
Damon Dog, Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you at Minana.